0: This is the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast with your hosts, Scott Walker and Jamie Davis, episode 190. Hi, I'm one of your hosts, Jamie Davis, author of Fun Fantasy and Sci-Fi Reads. I'm here with my co-host, urban and cozy fantasy author, Scott Walker. Hey, Scott, it's great to be back with you again. You know, last time we chatted, you mentioned your cozy urban fantasy series is uh, kind of getting a little bit bigger. What's going on with that?
1: Uh, Yeah, it is. I've got book two up for pre-order. It's called Spells and Sourdough. The name of the series is Manhattan Magic. I hope to be where this is the last, uh, week in July. I hope to be wrapping up the outline. I've got about a 17, 18,000 word detailed outline for that. Hope to basically finalize that this week and dive into the first draft. Super excited about it. Loving how the outline and the plots come together. Can't wait to explore these characters and, uh, get the protagonist, Molina, get her out of her little cozy coastal town in North Carolina and get her up to the big apple. And, uh, kind of broaden her horizons. Um, So that's that's basically what I've been focusing on with that. And then secondary to that, I've got my cozy fantasy shared world project that's going on. Calls with uh, attorneys are scheduled. So that's moving forward. And I am beyond excited by everything that the other authors are contributing to this project. Can't share details yet other than Uh, they seem to be super excited about writing in this world. I'm already hearing pitches about their anthology short stories that they're going to be submitting. And I I just I can't wait to share all these with the world. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. How about you, sir? What are you working on?
0: Well, I am working currently on finishing up book three in my Uncle Chip Saves the Fae series, which is currently available only through Kickstarter and that'll be open until August 1st. So if you're listening to this before August 1st, you can still go over to Kickstarter, look for Uncle Chip Saves the Fae, and uh, you can actually still back the project and get the first three books well, before anyone else gets it, we're not going to be putting these books out on Amazon until 2024, probably mid 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 winter, early spring somewhere in there. So, um, you know, if you want to get these books six or seven months ahead of time, now's the time to get them. And that's what I'm working on right now. I'm also uh, getting ready to shift gears because uh, come the middle of August or so, I'm going to be starting back into my Lone Wolf Squadron uh, sci fi series. And I'll be writing the next three books in that series into the fall and winter. So I'm really excited about that.
1: Your little genre hopping off. Of I you.
0: just, I just can't <laughs> help myself. I, I've, <laughs> I've got all these little irons in the fire, and I, I enjoy the characters so much. Um, but that's why I say fun, fun fantasy and sci fi reads. That's my brand. I think if you like character driven, fun stories that have mostly happy endings, you're going to be completely happy with uh, checking out anything that I write. That's, that's my goal anyway.
1: But um, yeah, I mean, I, I read the first book in your upcoming series and uh, it, it, you know, ship saves the bay. It is fun, funny, and it's a fast read. It is like an awesomely great, you know, I don't I to call it beach read because it's not a beach read that does a disservice to it, but it's just like a warm, like fuzzy, you know, you get a nice feeling reading it and uh, it's so on brand with the other stuff. And I'm like really impressed you were able to take your urban fantasy style of writing and drop it in a completely different genre and bring all of those attributes that you are known for as an author and successfully implement those in a brand new genre. That's hard to do, but congratulations for doing it successfully, sir.
0: Thank you. Yeah, that'll be book seven, eight, nine in that sci fi series. So they've um, done very well for me. And and, uh, that's because of the readers. They are enjoying them. As long as the readers keep reading them, I'll keep writing. So (laughs) that's the way that works. Um, Let's go ahead and get into this week's episode because I'm really excited about it. Um, it, This is for Jen Mitchell and the next duo book um, with new duo characters. Um, So we're excited about that. So why don't you go ahead and read Jen's bio for the listeners?
1: My pleasure. Jen Mitchell writes humorous urban fantasy from the heart of South Central Pennsylvania's Amish country. When she's not writing, she enjoys traveling, crafting, cooking, hoarding cookbooks, and spending time with the world's most patient and loving significant other. She also writes cozy mysteries as J. Lee Mitchell. Awesome. Let's get into the chat. Hey, Jen. Welcome to the podcast. It is awesome to have you here. Why don't you introduce yourself to our listeners?
2: Hi. Well, thank you. First, I'd like to say thank you both for having me. This is absolutely the highlight of my week, and I've been looking so forward to this. Um, I am Jen Mitchell. I write humorous, cozy mysteries and urban fantasy, among other things. Um, And I... Have no idea because I was totally unprepared to talk about myself.
1: <laughs> it's all, right. It's all Perhaps right. I should
2: do it in the third person and sound very sophisticated, but, but yeah. <laughs>
1: it's all good. It's all good. Well, let's talk, <laughs> let's talk about some of your series in more detail here because you gave us the genres. Um, you've been writing your red herring in cozy mystery series under your pen name, but you've also published urban fantasy books under Jim Mitchell. How would you describe those stories and series to a new reader? Ah.
2: I'm glad you asked that question. I have uh, been working with the amazing and talented John Logston and Ben Zackheim quite a bit lately. And this week in particular, we're focusing on brand. So that is a great question. To which I do not yet have a fully formed answer, but um, my stories in general, they have a lot of humor, not very much gore, or sex, I I I like innuendo. I am a girl that likes to hint and let you figure it out from there. Um, I also like to always work with characters who who don't fit the mold of what the traditional character for those genres fit. Um, I am ever since I was a small kid, my favorite cartoons always been underdog. And my all of my books usually feature someone who's in an underdog type role. The 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 last person on earth you think is going to be able to get the job done, but somehow they always manage to.
0: I applaud you for working in the underdog reference. Those of us who are also <laughs> underdog fans applaud you for that. Thank you. And you now so everybody welcome. else is out there Googling underdog, which they should. So I will leave it at that. Um <laughs> So you're you're moving into urban fantasy after having written a series in, in cozy mystery, and I'm curious what it is about urban fantasy that appeals to you as a storyteller as an author.
2: That that is a great question. Um, while my cozy mysteries tend to bend but not break the rules, I do find certain types of genre fiction to be a little bit more restricting. So, to me, it's uh, a lot of it is the element of magic that exists in urban fantasy. that ability to go outside the the norms or the conventions by by adding that element of magic. That's what always has appealed to me about urban fantasy
1: and, and if I'm not mistaken, your upcoming book is squarely in the urban fantasy genre, correct?
2: Oh, yes.
1: Oh, yes. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the Delta Underground Operatives shared world. And I'm going to start by writing a little description that one of our duo co-authors wrote. Um, Mel, uh, Mel wrote this awesome intro. So here we go. The agents of Delta Underground Operatives have one critical mission. Keep magic secret. Humans are not ready to know that the creatures from their dreams are real and they're even less prepared to fight the monsters from their nightmares. When the gods were killed, Alder Shah, the sole surviving demigod, established duo to protect the status quo, solve the mystery of the gods' fates, and safeguard the puddle, the last reservoir of divine magic. Aided by twin witches Maven and Moxie, Cher paired up beings of magic who resonated with each other. In tandem with the puddle, these individuals now enjoy access to a second set of abilities, making them tough to beat. These beings are the agents of duo.
0: Yeah, and I love the way that Mel put that together because it sets the stage so well. And what I'm really curious about is um you, Jen, are the actually yours is the final duo to come out in the in the series so far. Whoa,
1: whoa, whoa, the final first book. Well,
0: the final, yeah, final the, the final book. the final first duo, I should say. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, uh, yeah, we've coming. got plenty of more books coming, <laughs> but the final like Character duo, I guess I should say. How about that? Yeah. And and I'm curious, what about this project attracted you? How did you How did you find it that it was something that you wanted to do?
2: Um, it might not be the the answer you all expect. Um, at first I was like, "Hmm, urban fantasy." You know, meant to be matched together always, uh, assassins. Come on, Nicole. I'm not sure about this. You know, I was a little hesitant and then I was like, but, oh, Scott's doing it. Jamie's doing it. Sarah's doing it. Like all of the the people whose books I read and who's, who I really admire, um, as authors, I was like, well, how can I say no? A chance to spend time with them and and write in the same world as them. I'm like, that's a no brainer. It was you guys that actually drew me to the project, the the other authors. From there, I really was struggling with what I was even gonna do, you know, with my book until I started to to feel the enthusiasm from the rest of you and hear you talk about your characters. And I'm like, oh, I'm in this world's awesome. Why did I ever think I wouldn't want to write this? <laughs>
1: I feel like we had the exact same experience and the exact same attraction to the project. It was uh, presented to me at a time when I had locked down my schedule for um, this year and last year. And the only way to make this project work was to kind of bump some things around. But when I looked at the other authors, when I looked at the world itself that Nicole and Kimber had co created, um, and when I was kind of, you know, this was like a dual POV book with light romance and, Yep. <laughs> kind of outside my 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 scope of expertise. I'd never written a book like that before, but I was really intrigued by the idea of the challenge. And I, at the end of the day, I, was, I couldn't say no. And it turned out to be the best decision I've ever made. Oh,
2: absolutely. Um,
1: yeah. Had an absolute blast with this. And you know, Nicole Grotapas is who you were talking about. And she's the one who reached out to me and invited me to the project. Um, and I just I, I gave it maybe like a 30 seconds worth of thought and said, I'm in. Yep.
2: <laughs> that was my thought too. I was like, wow, that's a lot of people I've always wanted to hang out with.
1: <laughs> totally. Well, give us a spoiler-free um kind of teaser about Revenants Brigade, which is your first book in the duo world for your series.
2: Sure. Um, you'll get to meet um Mac. She she is my character who doesn't fit the mold. Um Mac is short for Immaculata. Uh, she is, she's kind of Melissa McCarthy meets me really. <laughs> um, she's plus size, she's loud, she's unconventional and obsessed with pastries and, um, loves nothing more than to throw on a Ramon's t-shirt with a $2,500 pair of gem crusted sandals. You know, she, she's just not your typical assassin. Um, But she's about as badass as they come. Um, Unfortunately, she's paired with probably the most uptight, um, inflexible individual you've ever met, um, Archibald Dinkworth Payne IV. Um, Dink is what she calls him much to his dismay. Um, so you can kind of see um, he informs her right away from their first meeting to please not refer to him as Dink. He finds nicknames to be pedestrian and something that only Americans need to embrace. Um, he's not at all thrilled that he's coming to Philadelphia or to work with, as he refers to her, this insufferable woman. So, yeah, they're they're not a match made in heaven. Well, that's a great lead into my question because <laughs> <laughs> I want to delve into these
0: characters a little bit more, you know, Mac and Dink are together. they walk into a bar and they walk up to you and you get to share a drink with them. What is that conversation like? ah uh, i mean who's Mac,
2: who's gonna be the friendly one who's gonna do oh, good, good cop bad oh, cop what's the deal? Oh yes, Mac absolutely she is the kind of girl that will. You know, she'll go toe-to-toe with you, she'll drink you under the table, you know, whiskey neat. She, you know, she's got it. Um, you know, she she is always down to party and loves life and everything to the, the excess. Dink, on the other hand, is going to give you an entire lecture on how alcohol metabolizes in your body and the damage it does to your liver, how it impairs your cognitive and physical abilities and why it's just, you know, generally better to stick to high quality, fine, loose leaf teas. You know um, he, he doesn't really even feel the need to be in a bar and doesn't understand why we don't have, you know, more, I, I don't know the the proper word, but what why we don't have healthier and better hobbies in the United States.
1: Well, he's probably not the only one asking that question.
2: No, no, probably not. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, uh, as writers, we kind of have our own processes about uh, when it comes to outlining, plotting, character development. I'm curious whether you typically create detailed bios of your characters, or do you start with a rough sketch and kind of discover them as you move through the story?
2: I had a, um, i I'm going to go with rough sketch. It, it was... About a paragraph each and a handful of bullet points. Um, I am like just the the pure definition of a pantser. Um, This book took a little bit longer than I wanted it to because all of a sudden, you know, 17 chapters in, a character pops up. I didn't even know was going to be there and he's integral to the whole thing. And I was like, well, damn, I didn't see that coming. So, yeah, no, I um, I do not go into great detail. I let them I basically am a person that writes by closing my eyes and seeing it in my head, like a movie and letting them tell me what's happening and what's going on. So in that vein,
0: we've learned a little bit about your, your heroes in this story, but um, you know, the villain is this reason they're getting together. I mean, they are assassin agents after all. Yes. And, uh, what is it that makes your villain the kind of bad guy, the kind of evil person that needs killing by a pair of duo agents?
2: Well, um, for starters, he literally has no conscience. Like all good bad guys, he's convinced that what he's doing is, that he's right and justified in doing what he's doing um, without giving away what it is he's doing. that. Um, He doesn't believe what he's doing is wrong. He believes that he's doing um, mankind a service.
1: As all good villains do. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Yes. (laughs) Um, um, He also has the ability to, you know, reach down into hell and bring back people who shouldn't be here. So, you know, for no other reason, he should probably be sent back where he came from.
1: Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, I'm curious... How the experience of writing in the shared world for you as an author unfolded. As a reader reading through a shared world, they get different authors' perspectives. Every author brings their own tone, voice, and I guess perspective to their stories. So for them to be reading through these duo books, yes, it's the same shared world. Yes, we've got certain characters like Maven, Moxie, and Shaw who crop up across books, but each of us bring kind of our own you know, tone and voice to it. I'm curious for you as an author: is this your first time working in a shared world, and whether or not it is, how has your experience gone, and how did it influence your writing of *Revenants Brigade*?
2: Um, it is not uh, my first time. I think technically, I'm going to say it's like my fourth time. Um, I I wrote. An urban fantasy, yeah, a lot of people don't realize it because it's in the back of someone else's book, but I wrote a novella in um, Rami Vance's Gone Gone World. Um, that was my first urban fantasy that I wrote. I wrote, um, which was really awesome. I had the privilege of writing his main character prior to the major event that sets off his entire world. Um, I actually... So many of the readers had come back and said they wanted to know more about her and her wedding and her life before the main event. And he actually let me do that. And that, that was fabulous. That was a lot of fun. But it was very different because I needed to stay so strict to what else had come after. You know, you, you I needed to be careful not to step all over that. Um, I wrote a six-book series in um, the uh, what's called the makeshift wizard world. And some people may have read it, but in the end, um, that that was one of this, those situations where we we rolled the dice and we thought maybe it's time to expand that world a little and bring a bit of humor to that world. Um, it resonated okay, but not as well as we had hoped. Um, so, uh, you know, we made a mutual decision to to pull my books back out of that and for that world to stay the darker magic type world that it was. And I've gotten the rights to those books back recently. And um, that's what I'm working with John Logston on is re-releasing that series to be more humorous and and more kind of similar to my duos book as well. We'll be releasing that in September. But then I consider it wasn't technically a shared world, but I did some um anthologies, which I think some of the other duo authors were involved in. We did some charity anthologies that were themed. Everyone wrote Hell Cats" or Hell Hounds. Um, so each experience, each of those four experiences has been completely different. Um, this one, for me, has been the most fun because I got to do it from the very beginning. Um, It wasn't something already set. I really, really enjoyed watching how all of you brought your different elements and, and brought the different pieces to the world. And it just it was so fascinating to see it all come together for me that personally of the four, this is the one I've enjoyed the most. Sorry, that was a very long answer. Long
0: answers are good in a podcast. If you listen to podcasts, oh, before?
2: <laughs> I was like, is there a TLDR version I should give you? But
0: yeah, yes, yes. Please use the long answers. Um, <laughs> I, I'm curious what it, you, what kind of experience you had working with the other authors. Um, you know, what was it like, and how did that impact your creative process? You talked a little bit about it in the last answer, but. Um, you know you you helped develop the duo world um you got to contribute as equal an equal member of the from the very beginning to really bring this whole world to life and and share in the the lore of the background of this world and i'm curious what that was like when it, when it impact. how did it impact your creative process
2: it was cuss word awesome <laughs> um i think it really actually helped elevate my creative process. And, I, and I'm sure as authors, you know, the two of you and, and anyone else listening, sometimes you hit this patch where you've been doing it so long and it feels like you're just on this hamster wheel that's constantly the same and, and some of the joy starts to come out of it. Then a project like this, it came along right when I needed it to because that put that that spark and that excitement back into writing for me that had been missing quite honestly for a while. Um, And I just, I mean, you know, some, I'm sure other people have mentioned on the podcast before is that, you know, like every other Thursday or so, you know, we would have these meetings and each time I would, I would just look so forward to that day getting here. So I could hear what new thing you guys came up with, like what, what thing did Scott create or what place did Kat create? And it just, you know, who's doing this with their characters and it just, um, interacting with you all and being able to feed off that energy and, and share, you know, these different experiences that that has probably been the one thing that, has kept me from turning and walking away from writing, which I seriously considered just before this project started. Um, I just didn't enjoy it anymore. And this, this was like, ah, this, this is why I do this. So yeah, it's been fabulous for me. And I've loved being the one that goes last and being able to go, <laughs> Scott took that. I'm totally taking using that. Or, you know, I am there is a very amusing scene in my book that where I took club acquiesce and baguette and stole that from Kat. And Siobhan, and it just, I, yeah, been so much fun.
1: I'm, I'm really, first off, I'm really glad you chose to continue writing. And I think your readers appreciate that too. Um, secondly, <laughs> yeah, secondly, I think you're right. Um, there, the For me, the draw of the shared world is I, the creation is not all on my shoulders. Yes. And there is something that, there's something magical and special when you get more than one creative in a room and they begin to pitch ideas back and forth. I will come up with ideas as in this project that I never would have come up with if I had sat alone in my room for years trying to brainstorm stuff. And, and it happens kind of magically, unpredictably and on the fly. And I totally get exactly what you're talking about. It's almost like each author brought a bunch of toys and dumped them into this sandbox. And we just got to pick and choose which toys we wanted to play with in our story. And, whichever ones made sense. And we grabbed them and use them. And I think it's made for a really awesome integrated world of stories for readers to go through. Um, I'm curious. It sounds like this is kind of on brand. Your duo book does track with your previous books. I'm curious what you would tell your existing readers about this series, this new duo book and series in order to entice them to try it out. How would you pitch it to them?
2: Mm-hmm. That is a great question, and I should probably know this answer already. But I would just tell them that if you enjoyed the humor and the snark of, of some of the the prior series, and something I haven't mentioned yet is, um, I also tend to write ensemble casts. I have very hard time sticking to one or two people in a room. I've got people going everywhere, and I somehow managed to still do that with keeping Mac and Dink, you know, as the primary focus of bringing, you know, characters in here or there. So if you enjoyed those elements, the same elements are here. It's just in a whole much richer setting that, you know, in a much deeper storyline. So come on over, check it out, you know. And the best part about it is if you like what you see here, there's nine other people who wrote just as much or more you know fabulous uh, of books and it you know where you might be like come on you didn't do the next book don't don't worry about me not doing the next book you've got a ton to choose from and i think my readers would would really like that aspect of it is that you know hey if you like this you, oh guys wait till you see what else is there so i know that's not a very polished pitch but we'll get there <laughs>
0: I I like it, and I I totally agree. Uh, I think the richness of what everyone brought to the table for the duo books, for each of their duo characters, um, the pairs of of agents that they brought to life in in a unique setting created by them in that shared world, it it made each book special in its own way and yet linked. And I think that's something that so far, just based upon the reader responses I've seen, people really like the idea of – moving around and looking at the different agents and learning a little bit more about this whole world in in the meantime. Um, But you know what? We got to the end of the major questions. So there's like – they're literally, you have reached the what we call the no wrong answers part of the podcast. So there are oh, literally from here on out, there are five more questions, <laughs> and there are no wrong answers. So if you're ready, it's rapid fire. I want you to are just you going- pitch us the first thing that comes into your brain, okay? Okay. And we're are you going to eat- slipped in on me? <laughs> we're, we're just going to... Bing, bang, bong, and we'll be out of here, okay? So here we go with our rapid-fire, no-wrong-answers section of the podcast. And I started off with sourdough bread or Sour Patch Kids.
2: Ooh, Sour Patch Kids. Sorry, Scott.
1: That's okay. Least favorite pizza topping.
2: Jalapenos. If you could have one
1: superpower,
0: what would it be?
2: Ability control time.
1: Nice. Nice. Okay. Barbie or Oppenheimer?
2: Oof. I'm pretty much a force of destruction. I'm going with Oppenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> and mine is
0: whitewater rafting or canoeing a placid lake.
2: Oh, Lord. Heaven! I'm going with canoeing a placid lake. If I fall in, there's better chance to live. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it. Ta-da! Ta-da! <laughs> awesome. This has been so much fun.
1: Oh, It's been a blast for us, too, Jen. Really appreciate you taking time out of your day and away from your writing to join us for this episode. Listen, um, Jen's book comes out uh, Friday, correct? Yes. Rem- and remind me of the date.
2: That would be the 28th. 28th.
1: Because yes. we're, we're recording good. this early, obviously, but uh, and people may be discovering this episode after your launch date, but July 28th, your first duo contribution, Revenant's Brigade, joins the other duo uh, books in the world. Please tell readers how they can connect with you online, Jen.
2: Ah, uh, you can find me on my Jen Mitchell author page. You can also find me at hhmbpublishing.com.
1: Awesome. Thanks so much for joining us today, Jen.
2: Thank you for having me. You two are awesome.
0: You know, chatting with Jen was so much fun. Um, she's She's got so much energy and so funny. And, and just I can't wait to get a look at Revenant's Brigade and see what's going on with Mac and Dink in the Duo universe. Um, now, that's going to be out soon, folks, coming after the release of this podcast on July 28th. So you'll want to look for it then. And I would be remiss if I didn't tell you that we have a live launch party coming up on July 29th at 6 p.m. So if you want to head over to the Delta Underground Operatives Readers group on Facebook and get access to that group, you'll have to ask to join the group. And then you can come to the live launch party. It is so much fun. We bring all the duo authors that are available in, and we just have a blast. We, we do trivia, we play games, we get, take questions from all the people checking in from the live stream on the comment section there. So you definitely want to come join us on the 29th if you're available and listening to this before then. Um, in the meantime, let's go ahead and wrap things up. Scott, how can listeners get in touch with you and what you're up to?
1: Uh, the easiest way is to check out my website, which is scottiswriting.com and if you want to find me on the social media platforms i am also at scott is writing how about you my friend
0: Well, you can find me at jamiedavisbooks.com or on my Fun Fantasy Readers Facebook group. And make sure you check out the podcast, subscribe to the show. You can do that over to jamiedavisbooks.com. There's a podcast tab at the top of the page. Just click that and you'll be able to see all the episodes as well as links on each episode page to subscribe. So definitely subscribe to the show. We've got great new authors coming in all the time. We try to put out about two episodes a month and we will bring you some great fantasy and science sci-fi books for you to check out and
1: add to your to-be-read list. So until next time, I'm Jamie Davis. And I'm Scott Walker. And we're asking you to keep on reading and keep listening here to the Books and Authors Fantasy and Sci-Fi Podcast.